1: So go to squarespace.com slash stuff right now, and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code STUFF, and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace?
0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With Charles W., Chuck, Bryant, and Jerry. Yep. And this is Stuff You Should Know.
0: Yeah, I would say this is a bonus Halloween episode in a way. Uh, you can all look forward to our regular um, ad-free Halloween show on Halloween.
1: The real bonus episode.
0: Yeah, exactly, where we do our traditional reading. It's all gussied up by Jerry. But uh, you were like... Hey, since this is Halloween Weekend, almost, <laughs> why don't we just tell the story of an ex murdered family? Yeah. I hope I didn't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think so. I think we probably would have gotten to that point eventually, right?
0: Yeah, so we decided to just do a little creepy episode. This one, uh, if you have your children, you may want to mm. vet this one because it's definitely about an ex murdered family.
1: Yeah, don't be a sicko.
0: It's up to you whether or not you want to expose them to this kind of treachery. This is bad stuff. Are and You ready now, for it? Have <laughs> you, you get your German pronunciation down? By the way, should we talk about Hinterkäfig? Di- <laughs> Kixia Chang.
1: Hinterkäfig. Yeah. Disha Chang. Yeah. Disha we, Chang.
0: G- Disha Chung. More specifically. <laughs> right. The irony of all because this. Because why should
1: I ever get it right
0: at all? The irony of all this is I was almost right when I first said it. Yeah. And said I don't think. Chinese, pronounces the X. Right. But um, this one is just a little more, stings a little more because we made such a big deal about it being correct. <laughs> and the pronunciation wasn't correct. But we were misled on the internet. Yeah. And uh, that happens. It happens. Still got everything else right. So Dixia Chang is really Dixia Chung, sort of?
1: Uh-huh. Okay. And Hinterkaifeck is-
0: Hinterkaifeck.
1: Hinter Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. I looked over these. My German is rusty, but I think I got them all. Yeah. Most of them. I bet you're going to stumble on one, but I'll just hold on to that.
1: <laughs> I don't even know which one you're talking I about. I know.
0: This is what's going to make it exciting. Oh man. Maybe we should have a sound effect when it happens and I'll just like a
1: boring <laughs> on sure.
0: Okay. That'll disrupt the spookiness.
1: Well, let's get spooky chuck, shall we? Yes. Cause there's a little town. Um, in Bavaria, that's correct. It's um between the towns of Ingolstadt and Schrobenhausen. Was that either one of the ones you thought I was going to stumble on?
0: No, I mean technically you should say like "stadt" instead of "stadt."
1: Oh well, I didn't realize we were getting technical.
0: But uh, you know, you're you're not from Germany. That's how an American might say it. Right, and by God, I'm an American. <laughs> that's right. Um. Although it's
1: much closer to Weidhofen. Is that the one? I'm just gonna ask every time I say <laughs> something in German. You'll hear the sound effect. But there's a little, little tiny village, a town called Kaifek. <clears throat> and hinter um, Hinterkaifek. No, well the town. Oh, right. The village is called Kaifek. Yeah. There was a, a ranch, basically you'd call it in America. A dude ranch, maybe even. <laughs> but not really, it was just a farm um called Hinterkaifek. It was located a little bit outside of this village in the hinterlands you might call it. Right. So this the name of this farm was Hinterkaifek, Kaifek. And on this farm lived a man, a woman, another woman, <laughs> some little kids. <laughs> yeah. This is going terribly, isn't it? No, I think it's great. So the the family who who made up this uh the tenancy of this farm, they were uh the Groubers. Yes. Andreas Gruber was the father. Mm-hmm. His wife, um, this, <laughs> is this the one? Okay. I'm, all right. Let me do this then. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the wife's name was Kazelia. Sigelia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Frank. No, if I'm not mistaken, if you begin a word with C in German and it's pronounced like a, like a T S. So that, yes I, for me. I think that would be Tatsilia. What?
1: That's not fair.
0: I know. Right. Come on, Germany.
1: Um Tetzilla. Okay, well let me ask you this. So Tatsilia? Yeah. Am I saying it right now? I think Tatsilia. Oh, well, that's Italian. It does sound Italian. <laughs> so Tatsilia is his wife. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's to be determined. Uh their daughter, Victoria. So if there's a K instead of a C, is it something else entirely, or no. is, is it Victoria? Victoria. Okay. And then there's two grandchildren. The oldest was a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Now, she has an umlaut on, over her name, even though it's spelled otherwise the exact same as her grandmother, Tadzilia. Yeah. So how would you say that?
0: It would be uh Tzertzilia?
1: Tzert. T. Sure. Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah, Tertzilia.
1: Tzertzilia. <laughs> and Tadzilia.
0: Tatsilia and Tsertsilia. So
1: it wouldn't be like Tatsilia and
0: Tatsilia Jr.? I don't know. I mean, I've never seen anyone n- name their. It just seemed unusual to me. I didn't know if the first name was missing the umlaut or if they really named her after her grandmother but added the umlaut. Maybe there's a story there.
1: Well, you know, Chuck, as we'll find, a lot of the, the details and facts of this case have been lost to time. That's right. Lastly, there was a little boy, a two-year-old named Yosef, that right. was Victoria's son. And Victoria um, was uh, widowed. She was 35, I believe, at the time that we come into Kaifek. And um, they all lived together, relatively isolated, actually, because they, the Grubers, although they were wealthy and, from what I saw, held in somewhat high esteem or at least treated um, with respect to their station... They were very, very much disliked as a family.
0: Yeah, and there's quite a few reasons for this. Uh, one is that, uh, the paterfamilias, Andreas, was, um, he was not friendly. He liked to keep to himself. And apparently he was very abusive to his wife and children. Yeah. Uh, children, he only had one living child still at this point, which is Victoria. And we're in the Wayback Machine, by the way, and it's 1922.
1: Oh, we didn't say that.
0: I don't think so. So he was (laughs) abusive. I don't know the story of the passing of his other children. Lost the time. Lost the time. My immediate reaction was like, well, if he was abusive and they're no longer around, maybe he had something to do with it. Maybe, but this is a leap, a total leap.
1: Also the time when like people routinely died from the flu.
0: Sure. You know, it's a good point. Uh, So he was a loner. He was abusive. Uh, there was the matter of Joseph, the two-year-old daughter of Victoria. Son. Uh, yeah, she's daughter. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, and he was rumored, uh, to have been born from an incestuous relationship with her father. Yeah. Andreas.
1: Right. That was the rumor in town.
0: Which smacks up to me of small town 1920s stuff. I'm not sure if I bought that.
1: No, but that was definitely the the rumor in town. Yeah. There was a, a significant number of people in town who either believed that or were very much aware that other people believed that.
0: Yeah, because he apparently was very controlling of Victoria.
1: Kind of a, to the level of um, being characterized as obsessed with her. Yeah.
0: So it could very well be true. Could. Lost of time.
1: Could also have not been true. And there's other reports that Joseph was the son of another man in town who we'll meet later on, mm. um, who at one point claimed paternity, but later on said no way. Right. Especially, I think, when the concept of alimony payments was brought up. That's right. He's like, no, the kid was a product of incest instead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Victoria was the only one supposedly that kind of spent a lot of time in town and that people seemed to care for her much because she sang in the choir, apparently she was a very good singer, mm-hmm. uh, in the church choir. And, um, so this is the, the scene here in semi rural uh, bavaria. Yeah, and we
1: we want to give a shout out. We've given um, we we found some other articles about the um, case itself, but the main one that we started with was from mysteriousuniverse.org. Ooh. Not a normal place where we would get our stuff but it's a good article.
0: Yeah, and we we everything else I read about it, it sort of all checked out as being the same. Mm-hmm. So uh,
1: way to go mysteriousuniverse.org. Yeah,
0: good job. Thanks for it. So things start to get a little weird on the farm when the maid at the farm, whose name may or may not be Maria. <laughs> we no. don't know. Uh, she said, I'm out of here. I quit because this house is uh, haunted. Yeah. I'm hearing weird noises in the attic. Mm-hmm. Hearing weird sounds all around the place. I'm hearing footsteps. Uh, I'm out of here. Yeah. And apparently she left... Pretty
1: quickly and suddenly, and the family so much so was like, I think she was mentally disturbed.
0: Sure. That's an easy way to quiet the townspeople if you don't want to- cuckoo. Yeah. You don't want people thinking like, A, I'm abusive, and B, I also live in a haunted house.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't want that. That's where you draw the line. (laughs) Incest, (laughs) abuse. Sure, that's allowable, but you don't want people to think you got ghosts, you know? Right. So the maid leaves, and that kind of sets the tone. Like, that kicks off this- Season of Dread, oh, that settles over Ooh. Hinterkaifeck. That'd be a good name
0: for the movie version of this. Yeah. Season of Dread. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can't believe there's not a number of like blockbuster movies about this.
0: Yeah, I looked it up. Apparently, there were a couple that weren't very big. Hmm. Um. But nothing, nothing that ever starred Ray Fines.
1: Well, if it doesn't have him, <laughs> like who cares?
0: He would clearly be one of the dudes in this. Sure. You know.
1: Maybe even Andreas Gruber, who I keep wanting to call Hans, I'm going to go ahead and admit. Yeah. You see the name Gruber and that's what jumps to mind. <laughs> yeah. So the maid leaves. And like I said, this weird things start happening. Um, f- few months later, Andreas is, um, wandering around his, uh, property around Hinterkai <laughs> Wandering around. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just looking aimlessly for something to do. <laughs> The think there family was a, member to punch there was a, snow, a snowstorm and he uh was looking around to see you know if there had been any damage anything that need repairing and he noticed that there was a set of tracks in the snow human tracks footprints I guess is a better way to call them sure leading to the house and they went right up to the house yeah but he looked around and he could not find any tracks leading away from the house
0: creepy Super creepy. Just a single set though, right? Yeah. It wasn't like uh the footsteps uh like God carried him from there. That well, point well on Well that would be a single step set. Uh well, you know that old adage. Sure. There were two sets of footprints and then when there were only one. It wasn't that God left you,
1: it was when he was carrying you. That's right. You're sorry ass. That's
0: a great story, whether even if you're not religious. You gotta <laughs> see that and be like, Man, that makes me feel good.
1: Yeah. Because anytime you
0: get to that point, yeah. Jesus goes, zing. <laughs> Doubt me, will you? Uh, so footprints leading to the house, not leading away. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Right. He was a little creeped out. So he said, let me wander around more and see if I can find.
1: <laughs> well, at this point, he wasn't wandering. He had purpose.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So let me not wander aimlessly, but let me go from room to room. And barn to barn room. Yeah. Barn room to barn room and find out this person that is clearly on my property somewhere.
1: Yeah. He did like a hard target search looking for somebody either somebody hiding out on his property or evidence that whoever left that track, those tracks leading to his house had left looking for other tracks away from the house. And he didn't find anything. He found yeah. nothing, no evidence of anybody. He certainly didn't find anybody. He didn't, there was just nothing. Um, one thing, though, that he did find that was kind of off-putting to him, enough so that he mentioned it to neighbors, was that on his tool shed, which is separate from the barn, uh-huh. the tool shed had a lock on it, and the lock had scratches or evidence that somebody had been trying to either break it or pick it. Correct. And they were trying to get into the tool shed, and he did not like that. So this, is, right. this is, again, this is following on the heels of their... They're made leaving. Yeah. It, because, citing ghosts is the reason she left. Yeah. Somebody has come to their farm and not left. They tried to get into the tool shed. The things are getting a little creepy.
0: So in that case, it was a ghost sighting, C-I-T-I, right. right? Sure. Another accidental pun.
1: Yeah. Was that accidental? <laughs> sure.
0: Okay. You didn't mean that, did you? Did I say that? Yeah, he said that she saw a ghost sighting. Oh, wow, yeah, her. I
1: guess so, <laughs> nice. See how that happens?
0: Yeah. Um, I wondered, by the way, really quickly, if these footprints, if whoever did that did the old shining trick. Oh. little Danny was so smart, he doubled back in his footprints. Right. And it worked.
1: Oh, it worked big time. Anyone who's seen the end of this shining can tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, it <laughs> sounds a lot like I've been drinking today.
0: I haven't <laughs> at I all. believe you. I've seen what you're drinking you're drinking water. Uh and that's not the only weird thing that happened on um so that was in March. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, two more weird things happened. Okay. So uh a set of keys go missing in March. Yeah. And um I don't know. That one to me people lose keys.
1: Yeah, but if you're suddenly like there's
0: is there somebody like Sure. Hanging around our property, trying to get into the tool shed. Now there's keys missing. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. The scratchy lock. And then the other final weird thing uh, in that month, in 1922, they found a strange newspaper on yeah. the porch. Man. And yeah. I looked up because I didn't know what strange newspaper meant. <laughs> so I tried to find out what the deal was. And everywhere I went just said it was, it was a, a newspaper that I couldn't get if it was like, was it? From Russia, or was or it... From
1: 1989? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be super creepy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and all I found was that it was... A, that I could gather was that it was a newspaper that they did not expect to be there for some reason or another. Right. Either they didn't subscribe to it, yeah. wasn't in their town, or just some just random newspaper being on their porch was yeah. it what matters.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't find anything beyond that as well. Yeah. There was one other last thing, and all of this is now starting to take place over just the course of a couple of dates. Things are getting like weirder at a much faster pace, uh, Andreas himself, who I, I've not taken to be a very superstitious person, um, started to notice sounds coming from the attic, the same kind of like disembodied footfalls that the maid had cited, Mm -hmm. um, as a ghost sighting. (laughs) So he's sitting there like, okay, keys are missing. Uh Somebody's tried to get in a tool shed. Those tracks are really messing with me. Yeah. And now I'm hearing things. I'm hearing people in my own house.
0: And there's a Chicago Tribune from 1989. Right, exactly.
1: Things have gotten weird.
0: All right, should we take a break? Yeah. All right. Things are weird. This is in March 1922.
1: The last day of March 1922,
0: the 31st. All right. Uh, a new maid comes on the scene named Maria, for sure.
1: Yeah, this one's confirmed.
0: Okay. Maria and, Baumgartner. Uh, she, on her first day on the job, it, it, it proved to not be a very good first day at work. <laughs> no. For one really good reason. Uh. That we'll get to in a minute. Oh, okay. We'll tease it out a little bit more.
1: Okay. So she comes to work. She's working. Everything's totally normal. Uh, as far as anyone around the Hinterkaifeck farm is concerned, like the neighbors and all that, it's just a totally normal day. Yeah. But in a few days, they would realize that this day, March 31st, 1922, was the last day anyone could say for certain that they had seen any of the Grubers alive.
0: Correct. So flash forward a few days, April 4, uh, people were a little weird. They were like, you know what? Uh, Cecilia was not in school. Which is unusual. Um, no one's been to church. We miss that sweet, sweet voice of Victoria up there.
1: Yeah, that was highly unusual as well. Yeah. Like, Victoria did not miss church. Did not miss choir. I'm, I'm assuming not only did she love to sing, but this is like her one weekly excuse to get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I could see that. You know? For sure. Uh, and so they said, and also the, uh, mail had been piling up, supposedly. Right. At the, uh, post office. Cause they didn't use stamps.com.
1: Right. <laughs> they would have if they'd had the technology, believe me. That's right. That was free. So the, the neighbors say, eh, let's go check on them. Um, and apparently they went. I bet other they, neighbors
0: were like, really? They, <laughs> yeah. Do you, I don't we? like them that much. Yeah, do you and, like them and that finally much? someone was like, "Yeah, we really let's should just
1: let's go." Yeah, it's a neighborly thing to do. We're Bavarian, so exactly that's what we do. So the this little search party goes to the house to go check on things, and the house is just the the whole farm is just eerily quiet. Everything's just kind of there's not a sign of life. Yeah, there there's a dog barking. the The Gruber dog was a A Pomeranian, actually. Yeah. And this is a time of Pomeranians were a little bigger and stockier and, uh, but barked nonetheless just as, just like any other Pomeranian.
0: Oh, were they bigger back then? Mm Mm-hmm. And stockier. Yeah. German stock.
1: Sure. And the Pomeranian was barking its head off. It was well known to be pretty, just kind of a jerky little watchdog, but it was good for that. Okay. But what was odd was that it was tied up in the far, in the barn. This is a house dog that the Grubers kept, so yeah. that was a little weird. But otherwise, it seemed okay. The horses and the uh, other livestock seemed okay and well-fed or whatever. And then somebody looked a little further into the barn, and they made what would be the first of a uh, couple really, really gruesome discoveries. They found some of the Grubers bludgeoned to death.
0: That's right. Andreas, the papa, uh, daughter of Victoria... And dear old Cecilia, the granddaughter, in the barn, stacked one on top of the other, bled to death, bludgeoned to death, only in the head area.
1: Largely in the head area. Like the the attacks were the attacks were definitely concentrated on their head and face.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh and they were covered with hay. Um not completely covered. There are pictures of this, by the way. Did you look at the crime scene? Mm Mm-hmm. Creepy, oh yeah! You can see the, them in the barn with the hay, right? Uh, very graphic, so beware if you're googling that right now. Uh, so they were they were dead and had been dead for a little while, uh, which we'll get to. Uh, they go inside and they find uh, poor little Joseph, just horrific, two year old, was found dead, also bludgeoned to death in his cot in mom's bedroom. And then the maid, on her first day on the job, was killed in her bed as well.
1: And um, Andreas' wife, Tetzelia, she was in the barn as well.
0: Oh, did I miss that? Yeah. Okay, so four of them in the barn, two in the house, Yeah, all killed in the same manner and all covered up in some way. Yeah. Whether it was hay or sheets or clothing. Yeah, Um, which which is is a weird thing to do.
1: It, it, yeah, it's very weird. Although it would um, it would become evident why in a little bit once they started questioning the neighbors. Sure. So the the day after the bodies were found, uh, Dr, Dr. Johann Armuller performed the autopsies in the barn, and he decided that what had been used as a murder weapon was a type of pickaxe called a matic. Yeah. Um, although the murder weapon wasn't found for another year, actually, after that. Um, the, the doctor concluded quite rightly that it was a, a matic that had been used. And if you've ever seen, you know, like a pickaxe, mm-hmm. but the other end is like blunt and wide. Yeah. That's a matic. Yeah. And whoever killed the, the Grubers and the maid did it with that. Right. Which is horrific. It is. E- even worse than that though, they found, um, in Titzelia's hands, clenched in her fists, Tufts of her own hair. Yeah. So there was evidence that she had survived for, I think, several hours after yeah. she was attacked and watched her other family members attacked and then pulled out her own hair for whatever reason.
0: I'd say that was a good enough reason. Sure. Uh, Victoria showed signs of strangulation, but they determined that was not the cause of death. And by all accounts, everyone else died pretty much immediately upon receiving that uh, pickaxe to the head. Right. Um most of the victims were in bed clothes except for Victoria and uh Tertilia. They were in their regular clothes, which seemed to indicate that it probably happened in the evening. Some people were already getting ready for bed, some people had not yet.
1: Right. And they also think that the the groupers were lured one by one out to the barn kind of Scooby Doo fashion.
0: Yeah, because clearly it wasn't all of them killed at once because there was no mm-hmm. signs of struggle. Right like uh yeah maybe one person went out and died and then the, the other person was like they hadn't been back for a while right
1: and then they died and then yeah again and again horrific so there was some other um there was weirdness beyond that beyond these the the just the horrificness of the crime and the fact that the bodies were covered up um this was april 4th right and yep. they figured out that the bodies had been killed or the people had been killed on march 31st mm-hmm that was the last time anybody had seen them alive but the neighbors said well wait a minute that's really weird because like we saw signs of life coming from the farm all weekend yeah there was smoke coming out of the chimney the whole weekend the the livestock has been fed the dogs clearly eaten like if if they hadn't been fed or cared for in four or five days they'd be showing signs of it by now but you can tell that they've they were they were tended to yeah like this whole time. So what is that?
0: Yeah, even the house itself, it showed evidence that uh, someone had eaten a meal there recently or more recently than four or five days ago. Uh, the bed looked like it had been slept in since that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like we mentioned earlier, that Pomeranian was tied up. Um, I saw different accounts on whether the dog was somewhat injured or not. I did too. Um, so let's just say the dog might have been hurt some, but ultimately was fine. Right. And like, you know, wasn't killed or anything. Yeah, yeah.
1: it was. It was not... Injured, I think.
0: Right. So, what this all signs point to the fact that someone killed this family, and then hung out there for a few days. But even even
1: more stirring is the idea that the person who killed them may have been the one who left the footprints. Yeah. And stayed in their house waiting to kill them. Perhaps. Killed them and then stayed in the house for a few days after, taking care of everything. Yeah, just living the living the life. Very strange. Yeah. So the police started looking around pretty quickly for suspects and realizing, um, well, first we got to go with motive, I think is what they said to themselves.
0: Sure. Like occasionally it happens that there's a vagrant that comes through and kills for money and robs. And, uh, the thing they found out was that there was a little bit of, uh, folding money taken from the bodies. But there was a lot of valuable jewelry and gold coins and yeah. other money in the house that was not taken. So things weren't quite adding up on the robbery front.
1: Yeah, and especially if somebody, the person who killed them, if they were planning on robbing them, they had four days to look yeah. around and amuse themselves by robbing the whole house blind. They certainly wouldn't leave this, this stuff behind. No. Um, they also found out in the investigation that Victoria... Um, had emptied her bank account and, uh, had left a donation to the church, but there was also a substantial amount that just wasn't accounted for. Yeah. Who knows what that was?
0: Never turned up. Lost so, the time.
1: So robbery was kind of discarded as a, as a, um, a motive, but another one would come to light soon. We'll talk about that after a break. <laughs>
0: You know, starting your own business can be a difficult thing, especially a small business. But developing your online presence is the one thing that doesn't have to be difficult.
1: Yeah, thanks to Google and Squarespace, who've teamed up to give small business owners what they need to succeed online, a custom domain, a business email, and a beautiful website all in one place.
0: That's right. With Google and Squarespace, you can stand out, you can look professional, you can increase your team's productivity. All you do is you create your Squarespace business website or an online store, and you're going to receive a free year of business email and professional tools from Google. It's that simple.
1: Yep. So visit squarespace.com slash Google to start your free trial. Use offer code WORKS for 10% off your first purchase.
0: Google and Squarespace. Make it professional. Make it beautiful. All right, so to me, it's this guy for sure. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we'll go ahead and talk about this dude. There was a neighboring man, a neighbor, as you might call it, if you <laughs> or speak a neighboring normally. man. <laughs> if you're a normal human.
1: <laughs> Hello, neighboring man. How are you today?
0: If you're by all means, if you're a professional broadcaster, you should say neighboring man. <laughs> all right. Uh, so his name is Lorenz uh, Schlittenbauer. And he was a like I said, lived nearby, he was a suitor for Victoria (laughs) and she had always said, Uh, this guy's who knocked me up, Joseph's this is Joseph's father. Right. And And like you said earlier, he was like for a little while, I think he claimed paternity, Mm -hmm. but then when it when he found out what that meant, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he had to pay for that. He's like, That's an English word, I didn't understand. Exactly. What is what is this paternity? so he backed off of that claim and uh, later it was emerged it emerged that um she was uh, about to sue him mm-hmm. for paternity uh, when before this murder took place
1: right so some people say oh well that probably set him off yeah because and-
0: he was remarried and had a kid that had died sadly by that point right so he didn't want this kind of uh, scandal on his household
1: sure and he didn't want to make the payments right yeah especially well. if he wasn't hundred percent sure it was his kid right so if you look at this Schlittenbauer guy, some really weird stuff starts to emerge. In addition to that motive of not wanting to pay alimony for little Yosef, the way he behaved um, in, in the immediate wake of the discovery of these murders was very bizarre. Yeah. He was part of the original search party that searched the house. Suspicious. First thing, yeah, cause a lot of criminals like to do that. They yeah. like to go to the scene of the crime as part of the search party, right? At least on
0: TV they do. Sure.
1: <laughs> Everything I learned from the Flintstones points to this guy being <laughs> suspicious. Uh, he also, um, immediately started disturbing the crime scene, right? Like yeah. he unstacked the stacked bodies. And when he did it, apparently there were a couple of other guys there and the other guys were real. Shaken up by just being in the presence of these horribly mangled bodies. Sure. Apparently Schlittenbauer was totally fine handling them.
0: Yeah, he's like, I got the head, you get the legs. <laughs> right. Uh, one of the men was quoted as saying he disturbed everything there was to disturb. Yeah. So he had no qualms about going in there and just having his way with that crime scene. Uh, apparently he was super familiar with the house itself. Um,
1: right. which isn't necessarily a, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily, proof. yeah, if, if especially if he was, you know, dating Victoria.
0: Yeah, well, true. Uh, I would call this part of the body of evidence, though. Okay. So uh, he apparently went into the house from the barn, which meant he knew they were connected. Uh, he unlocked the front door from the inside, which was like, did he have a key? Mm. Or did he know where the key was? Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the missing keys? Uh, and then he also apparently knew the maid's room handle was unusual and he had to lift it up to enter and not press it down. And apparently he just went right to it and lifted it up. Um, Again, maybe he spent some time over there with Victoria right. and knew these things. Yeah. Like a lot of this can be explained away um, in some ways. They also
1: said that the dog went nuts when he was around.
0: Yeah. Like, it's him. Right. Roof, right.
1: Roof. right exactly. There's the murderer. Would you take, take or leave that? That seems like local folklore to me. The, yeah. The dog it, called sure. out the murderer. Yeah. You know? Uh,
0: and he said it was because he had blood all over his shoes from uh, disrupting the crime scene, and the dog was, like, barking at that.
1: Which, by the way, the the two other searchers who were with him while he was disturbing the crime scene asked him what he was doing, and he said he's looking for his son.
0: Yeah, Joseph. couple, couple of belief. things
1: weird about all this, right? So if he's disturbing the crime scene to mm-hmm. cover his tracks, if he was the killer... And the killer stayed behind for several days. He had all the time in the world to cover up his tracks. Why would he do it in the presence of a couple of fellow searchers? Weird. Yeah. And then secondly, if he was the killer and he was not trying to act um, unaware, why would he be looking for his son in the stack of bodies when he knew full well his son was in his room in the house? Misdirection. I guess this guy seemed like he was not very good at misdirection
0: <laughs> uh he had no alibi for the night, apparently his family said, and this is where it gets I, I don't want i want to say obvious, maybe not obvious it gets really suspicious to me. His family said, oh no he's the night they were murdered he spent the night in the barn because he knew that there was weirdness going on over there, and he was looking out for burglars, so he spent the night in the barn that night,
1: okay, so he spent the night in the Grubers barn is what is what they're saying
0: no, 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 their own barn. Oh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. So, um, okay. he apparently though had asthma. So people were like, why would he spend the night in a barn if he has asthma, smarty? <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was his alibi, uh, which is pretty weak. Uh, he only lived, uh, 350 meters away, which I think that's like 19 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. What sure.
1: is it? It's like three football fields, right?
0: Yeah. I looked up the conversions. Three and a half. It's not too far. Yeah. Um, So he could have, he could have been the one coming back and forth. Like the fact that, that there were footprints leading one way doesn't to me signify that someone spent six months hiding there. It could have been, he, he could have come and gone as he pleased and not, and not been like away from his house too long that anyone noticed. Sure. And maybe he walked in those same footprints. Maybe he did do the Danny. Maybe,
1: you know, he, he was the one who originated the Danny. He was Danny before
0: Danny was even born. That's true. Or maybe he was Danny.
1: Oh man, this, this case <laughs> keeps getting weirder and weirder. Yeah. The more we make up about it. That's
0: true. <laughs> the other thing that he said that I thought was, I mean, this is just, I don't even know if I believe this. Apparently many years later, uh, when the murder was talked about in like the, the bars and the beer gardens, he would talk about it in the first person. When he speculated about the killings. I don't buy that necessarily. I don't either. That sounds like something that people would make up in a pub.
1: Yeah. He used to say, I killed them. Right. (laughs) No one ever cared. Sure, I guess. Yeah. So that was, uh, he was the main living suspect. There was another suspect who was brought back from the dead to be paraded around as a suspect in this case. Yeah, not literally. (laughs) In some ways. Yeah. Yeah. But no, not literally. Right. This guy's name was Carl Gabriel, and he used to be married to Victoria. Yeah. But he died in World War I in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that he was brought back as a possible suspect is that people said, well, his body was never shipped back home. We don't actually know that he yeah. really did die. Maybe, maybe, follow me on this, is what they said. Yeah. Maybe he came back to reclaim his wife, found out that she'd had an incestuous relationship. He snaps, he kills everybody.
0: Yeah, I don't buy this at all.
1: Well, no. They started the police, I think, and the Munich Police Department really apparently went to town trying to get to the bottom of this murder over the years.
0: Yeah, and one of the other things that pointed to him supposedly was that uh, in World War II, another whole war later, uh, (laughs) supposedly some people came forward and said, uh, You know what? We met this Russian, German-speaking Russian soldier that used to claim to be the Hinterkaifeck killer, and we think that that's Carl. Right. I guess. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the the thing is, the Munich police apparently spoke to some of the the men who were there when he died, and they, they described him being died. People witnessed his, his death. Okay. Even though his body didn't make it back, it wasn't recovered, people saw him die. All right. So it was verified that he was died to I guess at least to the satisfaction of the police.
0: And that was a pretty weak link anyway, because supposedly the reason that he fled for the war was to, uh, or well, it was to fake his death. Not oh. why he fled for the war, but that he faked his death to get out of the marriage. Right. So why would he get fake his death, get out of the marriage, come back years later and kill them all?
1: Great, great question, Chuck. Yeah, I think the answer to that is he wouldn't, or maybe it's the perfect crime.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's so nonsensical. He's
1: listening right now, laughing. <laughs> it's a
0: perfect crime. Uh what else? Uh people talking about paranormal, you know, that it was ghosts and these strange noises and this mysterious newspaper and all these footprints mm-hmm. uh is because it was some supernatural force out to get the family.
1: It, well, that would account for the ghost <laughs> <laughs> You could say that
0: you could say that accounts for everything. Sure. That's why it's bunk.
1: Yeah. Um no,
0: that one's not.
1: Not a, not a big one. Although the Munich police very early on decapitated, had the family decapitated and their skulls were sent for forensic analysis and were handled by a clairvoyant who apparently was not able to come to any conclusions about their fate or the killer.
0: Yeah. And those bodies were buried headless because those heads eventually went missing.
1: Yeah. Apparently they kept them in the Nuremberg, um, I guess in their, uh, one of their city government buildings and it was leveled in World War II. Gotcha. They think that's where the
0: skulls were lost. They think. That well, was mixed in with the other skulls.
1: It was either that or the ghost that did it.
0: <laughs> uh, so for the cops part, they <clears throat> interviewed over a hundred suspects over the years, including the clear killer to me. Um, the neighboring man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lawrence Schlittenbauer I just think it all points to him he <clears> apparently <throat> years later too was like God did the right thing with his family like they were awful people and he didn't say except for my possible son the two-year-old right he just said all of them they deserved it yeah so it, it just kind of seems obvious to me that it was him because it was see, someone stayed there someone knew the house someone took great care covering the bodies yeah it just doesn't seem like a random burglary.
1: No, that is a very bizarre thing to do, to stick around afterward, unless you feel like you're within your own safe zone, and if you lived 350 meters away, yeah, maybe you would feel safe there. Well, safe yeah. enough that You could retreat very quickly.
0: Yeah, or know that, like, I know no one comes by here, Yeah. Uh, whereas if it was a burglar, they they probably wouldn't feel so comfy hanging out for days on end.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you're right. It probably was him, but no one... Will ever be able to prove it one way or another? No, they
0: didn't have any hard evidence.
1: No, and, and the evidence they did take a lot of it was lost. Um, this is 1922, so a lot of they, a lot of forensic techniques hadn't been invented yet, sure. or were still being developed elsewhere in the world. So, uh, in 2007, um, a police academy in Munich got their hands on the case. Some students did the Gutenberg police academy. <laughs> The first in Oh, Brook. Yeah? They just threw in Brook after you know. Yeah, why not? Uh, let's throw in another syllable. Um, that students from that police academy investigated the this crime, and in Germany, like it's pretty. Uh, this is an enormously famous crime. In oh, Germany. sure, yeah. It's huge there. It's their Jack the Ripper for sure. It'll yeah. never be solved. It's not possible being solved. And this is the conclusion from the students at the first Brook Police Academy. They said, "We." think we know who it is we're not since this is unsolvable and it will never be able to be proven we're not going to name the person because they still have relatives alive but you can guess right it's the the one living suspect that anyone's ever really raised yeah it was probably him yeah they didn't say that that was my conclusion of their conclusions
0: and then they said thank you police academy for your findings and uh where's the guy that makes all the funny noises (laughs) with his mouth (laughs)
1: You know, uh, Steve Gutenberg follows us on Twitter. No way. Yeah, really? Yeah. At Steve Gutbuck. <laughs> really? Yeah, and he um is in uh, like a Sharknado esque movie. Mm. I'm not sure what what the name of it is, but he's in it with the guy who does the voices.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, I used to know his name, Michael something. Maybe. Yeah, Michael something. Uh, I will say that, and I think I mentioned this on the show. Maybe that's why he follows us. Steve Gutenberg was in one of the very best episodes of one of my favorite TV shows, Party Down. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you ever see that, Joe?
1: No. Boy, it was good. Yeah.
0: It was really, really funny. Had the great uh, Adam Scott and Lizzie Kaplan and one of my heroes, Ken Marino mm-hmm. from the state, and Martin Starr, Megan Mullally. It was great.
1: Good good episode, huh? Well,
0: they were caterers, uh like cater waiters, mm-hmm. uh, all actors and writers and stuff in Hollywood right. and each episode was its own thing, own catering event. And they had one where they showed up to Steve Gutenberg's house for his birthday party right. and he pulled up and he was like, Oh man, like I forgot to cancel. I really had the party a couple of days ago with my friends. He's like, But since you're all here, why don't we just have a party? <laughs> and so the the waiters end up having a party with Gutenberg nice. and he like does some scene acting with them and gives them great wine and he has great art and he's just really really funny in it
1: yeah i can imagine he yeah, seems so, like
0: an awesome dude he seems so awesome after watching this episode i was like man goots is the best yeah and i think they call them goots in the show even sure yeah anyway or, or just good book shout shout out to party down great great show
1: and steve gutenberg yeah uh do you have a listener mail or is this
0: too spooky for one he did great work on that bible yeah
1: <laughs> Uh, Yeah, i got a listener mail. Okay. Well, if you want to know more about Hinterkaifeck, um, you can go listen to Stuff You Missed in History Class. I think they did an episode that covered it as well. Uh, You can search mysteriousuniverse.org and all sorts of other places for it. And since I said uh, Hinterkaifeck, it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, Before we do listener mail, we want to give a very special thank you to uh, Margaret and Mike in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, they stepped forward and helped Jerry out in a big way, as the stuff you should know army is uh, often does. Sure. And uh, it's all we're gonna say, other than big, big thanks to you guys for helping out. For real? How about that? Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm gonna call this listener mail. Uh, squirrel shooting. Hey guys, been listening for about a year. Love the show. Uh, I was listening to the polar bears episode, and I stopped dead in my tracks when Chuck told the story about shooting a squirrel when I was about 13. I, too, thought I was a tough guy and wanted to hunt animals. My grandparents lived on some land and agreed to let my cousin and I shoot a squirrel as long as we agreed to skin it and eat it.
1: (laughs) They're like, they'll never do it.
0: Yeah. Gotta love those Depression-era grandparents. (laughs) Like, sure, skin it and eat it. It's all yours.
1: I envision them as hippies, like, passing a joint, like, joking about how stupid their grandkids were. Wow. Depression-era, sure. I see that one, too.
0: All right. So uh, we were very excited. We dressed up in camo, walked the property, because, uh, you know, you got to dress in camo if you're hunting squirrels. Sure. Uh, eventually found a squirrel in a tree. I should note that we were using a pellet gun, not like a real uh, bullet gun. I took the first shot and hit the squirrel. Fell from the tree, and much to my chagrin, he did not die. He made a noise I hoped to never hear again. It was that awful. Oh, man. Uh, I had to hand the gun to my cousin. I just could not do it and take the other shot. We ended up skinning it and eating it, though. Alive?
1: No. Oh.
0: He said, it tastes like chicken, so why bother? Uh, like we promised that we would do, uh, that was the last time I considered killing an animal for sport. Yeah. Uh, I've always loved animals, so I'm not sure where this urge came from to begin with. I actually run a small online candle company now that sells dog-themed candles. Uh, they donate 10% of all profits to animal shelters and rescues. And so, Stephen, I'm going to plug your company yeah. over my wife's candle company, even. Whoa which is Mama Bath and Body. <laughs> uh, and you can go to www.noxfavorite, K-N-O-X-S, Knox's favoritecom uh-huh. And Knox was their dog. Uh, they named the company after.
1: That's sweet. And these are soy candles. I
0: looked it up. They're good.
1: Made from dogs.
0: Uh, no, made from soy. <laughs>
1: made from soy dogs.
0: Uh, thanks again for everything you do. You're daily listen for me. I hope, to con- uh, hope you continue for years to come. That is Stephen...
1: Way to go, Stephen! Thank you for that. Uh, we appreciate you letting us share your horrible story with everybody. Yeah. Uh, if you have a horrible story you want to share, oh man, I'm going to regret saying that. You can tweet to us at sysk podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com/slash stuff you should know. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking and all day drinks for one low price but you better hurry because this bundle won't last long save now at cedarpoint.com Hey if you haven't heard of Visible well now you have they're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible it's in the name switch to Visible the wireless company that makes wireless visible get a one line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month taxes and fees included use promo code STUFF